Welcome to episode six. In today's episode, I'm going over my eight must-haves for an effective homepage. I expect a lot out of the homepages I build because you don't get a second chance at a first impression, and I really want to make sure that my clients convert as many leads as possible that land on their site. And now, I want to make sure that your site does the same for you. The homepage is the most visited page on your site, so let's make sure it's working hard for you. Hi there, I'm Isabel Kateman and I run Stripe Dog Creative, a website strategy and design firm dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs create strategic and elegant websites so they can attract their dream clients, raise their prices, and scale their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here for the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast. Tune in each week to hear practical business advice, tips on embracing and learning from failure, trust me, it's going to happen, and real talk on trying to create a balanced life as an entrepreneur from my guest experts and of course, from me. Ready to turn those dreams into a reality? Let's do it. So for this episode, I'm really excited to cover a topic that I actually speak a lot about, and I think it's so important, and so I realized it would make the perfect podcast episode. I'm going to be talking about eight must-haves for an effective homepage. I feel like I ask the homepage to do a lot when I put homepages together, but I think it's so important because homepages are usually the first page that people land on when they come to your site. And so oftentimes if someone, you know, has been referred to you or maybe, you know, they even just found you randomly on Google, that's the first impression that they're going to get from you. And first impressions are so important. You know, there's not an opportunity for a second first impression. And so I think it's really important to have your homepage of all pages on your site super, super, super buttoned up and make sure that it has all of the things that I'm about to tell you to make sure that it is absolutely the most effective and it's also going to fulfill the goals that you're looking for. So first, I do want to throw a few stats at you. I promise there won't be a ton of numbers in this episode, and I'm going to just glaze over them really quickly. But first, I do want to talk about how website first impressions are actually 94% design related. And what that means is if your design is not something that is appealing to people, so maybe your website is outdated, maybe you didn't really take the time to do any colors. So you kind of just went with like the default of like a white background and black text. Maybe you got a template from somebody and you didn't have the time or you didn't know how to change the color. So it really doesn't appeal to your brand. You're going to create a negative first impression in your client's minds. And another thing is impressions on websites are formed in less than a second. It's actually almost less than half a second. So it's so, so, so important to really make sure on that page, whenever somebody is entering your site, that you are creating the best possible impression and you're creating it quickly. And then I promise the last stat that I will throw at you is that 75% of consumers admit to making judgments on a company's credibility based on their website design. So that means that if it's not loading properly, if they don't like what they see, if they're not getting the information that they need, if it's not mobile optimized, if you're creating a bad first impression with something like typos or blurry photos, you actually could lose the client. And I wanted to really call this out because I feel like I've seen a trend lately of people who just don't have websites at all. And maybe they just have an Instagram or, you know, they just have some social media platform. And really, truly, people are still 
going to websites to decide if they want to work with you. I find it to be actually one of my biggest pet peeves when people don't have a website. It doesn't mean that I necessarily won't work with that person, but I feel like you know, if, if for example, they just have an Instagram, I have to kind of go through and do extra work to decide if I want to work with them on Instagram, right? So I have to like go through their feed and be like, okay, what photo can I click on to learn about this person? Or what photo can I click on to learn more details about the services they offer? What photo can I click on, you know, to see how they write or how they speak or what their personality is? And it's so frustrating And anytime that you create a bigger barrier to entry, anytime that you create more work for someone, that is just another opportunity for the client or the potential lead to not want to work with you. So, you know, if you don't have a website or you have a website that's crappy, it is so much easier for someone to say, you know what, there's someone else that I could go to that would make this really easier, who has a beautiful website or doesn't have typos or took the time to not have blurry photos. So, you know, again, I always say this. I don't want to insult anyone. I know when you're a new business, you know, it can be very hard to kind of do all the things, if you will. But I really just want to stress the importance of creating a positive first impression and really taking the time to either do your website yourself in the right way, in a strategic way, in a way that's going to create a really strong first impression or hiring somebody to do it for you who really knows what they're doing because it actually affects the business that you get. It's a complete 100% investment in your business. The cost of working with a web designer is probably, you know, one to two, maybe three, you know, times the cost of that client that you're going to get. And that is so worth it. If this website lasts for a year, two years or three years or whatever it is to only have to spend kind of, let's say even three clients worth on this site, it's a total investment. So I will get off my soapbox now about this, but I really just kind of wanted to set up this episode and really give you a background onto why I'm talking about this topic and why I think it's so important. So you want to make sure with your homepage, as I've said, that it's really love at first sight. And so one of the ways to do this is to really have, you know, my number one tip is a high res brand photography, you know, brand photo shoot. Pictures 100% make a website. And I know I have a podcast episode on the importance of brand photography, so I'm not really going to get into kind of a huge thing around what brand photography is or why it's so important. Definitely go check out that episode. But pictures 100% make a website. If you take nothing else away from this podcast episode, let it be that you understand that high-res on-brand pictures are no longer optional. So remember that stat where impressions are over 90% design related. The first thing people see is likely going to be a top banner image or some image at the top of your website. Maybe it has a tagline and we'll get to that in, in my number two tip, or maybe it's just that, you know, one image, but make it count. I always recommend brand photography because it allows unique high res photos and it allows you to get multiple different types of photos. So if we think about creating that first impression at the top of your site, you know, if you think about landing on someone's someone's website and they have this like really stiff, like let's say it's a business coach you want to work with and they have this really stiff headshot from like when they were back in their corporate days and they're in this suit and, you know, you're looking for a business coach that's really going to be laid back and is going to be really forgiving. That very kind of stiff, you know, overposed photo is not going to be something that's immediately going to draw you in. And whether you realize it now or not, that's going to create a feeling in you. And that feeling is probably going to be negative. 
versus you land on a website and there's this gorgeous high-res photo that's right in the color scheme of the entire website and the person's smiling and maybe they're throwing confetti or they have an adorable dog on their lap. That's probably just my dream. But you know, they have this gorgeous photo and you think to yourself like, wow, that person seems really approachable or, you know, I can't wait to work with that person or that person looks like a great person to sit down and have a cup of coffee with. All of these tiny little thoughts that you have are so important in actually informing whether you continue to scroll down on that website, whether you want to learn more about that person, whether you ultimately decide to work with that person. And it's really all based on a feeling. And so high-res brand photography is so important. Of course, if you cannot afford a brand photo shoot, and I know a lot of people who are just starting out probably can't afford a brand photo shoot because again, remember you get what you pay for. So you really want to make sure, you know, if you're going to take the time to do a brand photo shoot that, you know, you're working with a really established photographer and they can be expensive. There are really great options for stock that's high res and that looks good. Um, and there are also great options for free stock. There are things like Shutterstock or iStock or Adobe stock that are all paid. And then there's things like Unsplash and Pexels and Pixabay and I'll link to all of these in the show notes that are free. But one thing I want to say is if you do go the stock route because it is, you know, less expensive and you're trying to save money, just make sure that you really take the time to curate that stock. So don't just kind of type in, you know, let's say you're a, um, let's say you're a wedding planner. Don't just type in weddings and pick the stuff from the first page. I can tell you as a website designer, I 100% when I land on a site, 100% can tell you if that person has used some sort of free stock photography, if they've chosen it from like even the first 20 pages, because you just start to see the same images over and over again. So when you're choosing stock, you really want to make sure that you're picking stock that fits in with your aesthetic. So again, you know, if you're a really laid back business, you want to choose stock you know, that is a little bit more laid back is showing, you know, something that would be perceived as more laid back and relaxed. And then of course, on the opposite end, if you're like, you know, a law firm and you're really trying to create, you know, kind of a more high end premium feel, make sure you're choosing stock that's high end and premium and really take that time to like get to page 50. If you can, you know, to really find that stock that's going to make the most sense for you. So number two is a strong tagline. So I want to caveat here what I mean by tagline. So whenever you hear tagline, your brain probably goes to slogans like Nike's Just Do It or McDonald's I'm Loving It. And while those are amazing taglines, right? They're simple, they're memorable, you know, we 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 all know them, they're not what you're going for on a website. And the reason is because they don't give you any information. So by the time you get to be Nike or you get to be McDonald's, you could pretty much do whatever you want in your marketing because you have such high brand recognition. But when you're Karen's flower shop in Tennessee, you don't have that same leeway. You really need on that first impression in that first tagline at the top of your site to let people know exactly what you do. So I say a tagline has three parts. You, of course, want to make sure that it's short and sweet and memorable, but I'd honestly rather you go for, you know, straightforward and clear and informative over something cutesy and memorable. So the three things you want to make sure that are in your tagline are who you are, what you do, and who you help. And then the fourth thing is is optional, and that is location. So if you're a business 
you know, let's say like a wedding planner and you don't want to travel, then obviously location is going to make a big difference. If you are happy to travel, then location isn't as important. So location is the one kind of optional thing that you don't need in your tagline if it doesn't really apply to the business that you have, but you definitely need who you are, what you do, and who you help. And when I say you need this, I don't mean paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs. I always want you to look at anything, frankly, that you're writing for your website and think, what can be removed and how do I make this as succinct as possible? So your tagline should be a single sentence, uh, maybe two if you do something really complicated, but probably not. But you need to make sure that you have those three pieces in there. And what we're really trying to go for here and what I try to do with all of my clients, and this is you know the strategy portion that I really work with my clients to make sure that we're bringing forward is you want to create an emotional connection and you really want to build those no like, and trust factors. And anytime that you confuse clients, so, you know, when you're, when you're trying to get a client to move down on your website and keep scrolling or reach out for a consultation, if they can't find that or they're confused or your tagline doesn't give them anything, that's the minute that you're going to lose someone. So, you know, back from our previous example, you know, and especially in the beginning with all of the stats, when someone isn't happy with something for whatever that is, it's a bad first impression or they can't find something or they're confused or they're frustrated, they don't buy. Confused clients don't buy. So actually I lied. This is the takeaway. If you only take one thing away from this episode, confused clients don't buy. So I really want to make sure that in anything you're doing for your website is, but especially with the tagline, anyone who knows zero about you should be able to read this tagline and understand exactly what you do for people. So for example, you know, you might want to say, you know, if you're, let's say that you're a, you know, let's go back to, you know, kind of the, the baker in Texas, or I can't remember if it was a florist, but we'll go with baker. And you might think a good tagline would be, let's say you do weddings would be indulging in love. This doesn't tell me anything. Sure, it sounds great, but indulging in love, what what do you do? Who are you? What kind of products and services do you offer? It doesn't tell me anything. And so while it's super, super cutesy, and it's definitely something that you can integrate into your marketing in a certain way, on your website homepage, I don't want cutesy. I want clear and straightforward. So you might say something like, Anna's Sweet Treats, Celebrating Love with Delicious Baked Creations. Okay, it's not the greatest tagline on earth, but it tells me, you know, who you are. It tells me you celebrate love. So, you know, we're doing something with weddings or, you know, celebrations of love, delicious baked creation. So I understand that you're a bakery. You're probably going to give me cupcakes and wedding cakes and cookies. You know, it has your name in it. Again, your name doesn't need to be in it if necessarily, depending on the layout of your website, if your logo is there or whatever, you don't need to repeat your name. But it's a much clearer picture within one sentence of exactly who you are, what you do, and who you help so that I'm not confused and I can decide right then and there if this is something I'm looking for and I like the top photo on your site, great, I'm going to keep scrolling and maybe I'll even reach out to you and book a consultation. So number three for an effective homepage is an opening introduction. And this is where we want to take an even deeper dive into the emotion. So this is where you really want to sell the feeling. So you've drawn your clients in with an eye-catching banner. You've told them exactly who you are, what you do, and who you help with your tagline. And now it's time as best you can to seal the deal. So you want to paint a picture with your words of what it will look like to work with you. And this is the perfect place to highlight the wins. What will life look like after working with you? And this can just be a baby introduction again you know, this intro right here does not need to be paragraphs and paragraphs. This can be, 
maybe two to five sentences, but you really want to make sure that you're starting to pull people in. So this is an excerpt from a wedding planner that I worked with. She's based in Germany. So all of the amazing places that are in this sentence are, you know, sound incredible, but I'm going to read this to you because I really think that this kind of captures what I'm trying to do with getting that emotion and really selling a feeling. So her opening introduction on her site says, the occasions that gather all the people that truly matter in our lives are rare. Let's make them count. In the most enchanting places in Germany, Austria, Italy, Mallorca, and Ibiza, or wherever your heart takes you, will be behind the scenes creating a one-of-a-kind celebration for you and your guests. Since 2010, my team and I have been planning the special events in life with our customers. Working with us means enjoying the planning process, experiencing a carefree event day, and being the best hosts to your guests. So while in reading that, that sounds long, it actually is only about, I think it's four sentences in total. So what I really want to emphasize here is that with this that we've created, you're already allowing people to picture what their wedding day could look like in working with you. So we talk about a carefree wedding day that allows people to picture actually, you know, dancing in the middle of the dance floor. We talk about being a good host. So that means you don't have to worry about, you know, your guests not having food or your guests not having drinks or your guests not liking the music. You can kind of picture, you know, Aunt Susan, who's always, you know, a little bit difficult having a wonderful time and having nothing to worry about. We talk about enjoying rare time with family. So these positive celebrations, especially now in the age of COVID are so rare. You know, we talk about allowing yourself to kind of feel that feeling of getting together with your family for a really positive occasion. And then of course we talk about celebrating. And so, you know, we talk about keeping this really positive. We're painting a very positive picture. We're allowing someone to read this who's maybe really overwhelmed with the wedding planning process or has no idea where to even start. And we're kind of immediately setting them at ease that this is going to be a celebration. There's nothing for you to worry about. Everything is going to be handled. And so we're really creating this emotional connection here and painting a picture with our words. Number four on your homepage is a brief bio and picture. So this seems super obvious and simple, but I cannot tell you how many clients come to me And their full name is nowhere to be found on their homepage. So it's really important that you have a picture of yourself, your full name, and a brief bio. And when I say bio here, I do not mean a resume. I mean a deep dive into your why. Why do you do what you do? Why did you start this business? Why is helping people in this particular way so important to you? Why do you love what you do? Why does it bring you joy? And so this is so important in terms of just continuing to think about that feeling that you're creating for people when they land on your site. It's so important to create a feeling. We like to think that we buy based on logic. We don't. We buy based on emotion. So we think that we ourselves buy based on logic and we like to think that other people also buy based on logic. We, we don't. We buy based on the feeling that we get from someone. If someone makes us feel really comfortable or feel really at ease, or we feel really connected to a person's origin story, that's when we're going to make that purchase. And it may not even be conscious, but that is how we are making our buying decisions. Number five for an effective homepage is to list your services. So 
I want the homepage to be as short and sweet as possible, but I also want it to do two things. I want to give people a little taste of everything, almost like a little menu of a tiny little bit of everything, right? Like a little intro, a little photo, a little bio, a little bit about the services. And I also want the homepage to lead to your one main goal. So if you're a service provider, that's either, you know, however you structure it, but applying to work with you or, you know, submitting your contact form or getting to your contact page or however it is that you take on new clients. That's the one goal that we really, you know, have for, for frankly, your whole entire site, but also on the homepage, if we can push people in there quicker, you know, that's great. So I want to make sure that on your homepage, you're listing out your services and giving some information. So whether you have one or two or three services, hopefully you don't have more than three. And if you have more than three, please reach out. You definitely need help on, on kind of rejiggering your services there. But, you know, again, you want to make it as easy as possible. So for example, if you're a photographer and you offer family portraits and weddings and newborn sessions, list that out on the homepage. It doesn't need to be a lot of copy. It can be a little photo for each one with a little title and a one sentence description, but just make sure that the person understands what they're clicking on and that they're very aware of where it's going to take them once they've clicked on it. Because, you know, someone might be looking for a photographer and, you know, they might land on your homepage and they don't know where they're supposed to go. You know, let's say, let's, let's talk about newborns, right? Let's say it's a new mom and they're exhausted and they're lacking on sleep. You want to make things as easy as possible for them. So if they're scrolling down the homepage, They want to just at that exact moment be like, okay, I want to know about newborn sessions. So make it easy for them. Put that right there and allow them to go right to what they're looking for as quickly and easily as possible. Number six for an effective homepage is a newsletter opt-in. And this is the only one that I want to say that I don't consider required on your homepage. Of course, I believe that you should be building an email list. I think it's really important to try to build your email list because it's the one thing that you own. As we saw, you know, when Facebook and Instagram um, went down for that day, you know, you really don't have control over these external platforms, but that email list is people who have already said that they're excited to work with you and have already opted into wanting more information from you, you know, so I think it's a great thing to do. But again, if you're not curating a newsletter list, or it's not something that's important to you, obviously you don't need to have this on your homepage. But you know, if this is something that is important to you and this is something that you're trying to build, make sure that you have this in your homepage. I like having this in the footer of every page with a lead magnet. If you don't know what a lead magnet is, when people opt in, it's essentially something that they get for free that kind of whets their appetite and gives them a little taste of what you can do for them. So, you know, it completely depends on your industry and what you want to do here. You don't have to have a lead magnet. I know in Europe with GDPR rules, uh, there are actually rules against having opt-in. So it just makes sure where your clients are coming from. So just, you know, keep that in mind. But I really recommend having this in the footer of every page. Actually, I think it's really nice to have it in the footer because you give people, no matter what page they're on, an opportunity to you know, opt into this lead magnet, you're getting it in front of people's, um, you know, getting it in front of their eyeballs, but it's not something that's really detracting. Like the last thing we'd want is somebody not reaching out to contact you because they kind of got lost in your newsletter, right? It's a lot more worthwhile to have a full client that's interested in working with you versus an additional subscriber to your newsletter list. But I like having it in the footer because it's, you know, not ostentatious, but it allows people to have that opportunity if that's something that they want. The other way 
to do this, of course, is to have that pop up that blocks your content. I do want to warn that this can affect SEO because Google doesn't like when you have something that requires a user to take an action to get around it and get to your content, even if that action is clicking an X and not signing up. But again, you really have to determine here what your goals are. So for example, I do have this pop up on my site because most of my clients are coming from referrals or people who know me. And so it is not a huge deal if my SEO gets dinged a little bit. Most people are not finding me through random Google searches. But again, if you're a business that is found a lot through that, then you may not want to have that pop up, but I like having it in the footer. All right. Number seven for an effective homepage is having CTAs. So CTAs or calls to action, if you don't know what these are, they're buttons or directives or some sort of text or button that takes people to a certain page, you know, whether it's on your site or off of your site. And my rule of thumb is that you should have a CTA on at least every other section of every page of your site. I really think you can't have too many CTAs as long as they lead somewhere that makes sense and they provide value to the consumer. But I like to say at least every other section on every single page. So your homepage is the only page where your CTAs can lead to different things. Otherwise, on every other page, I'd say 95% of your CTAs should be leading to your primary goal, which again, if you're a service provider, is getting people to your application form or contact page. But the homepage is the one place where these CTAs can go in different directions. So, you know, for example, the, the little bio section on your homepage could lead to the about page because that's a natural place if someone wants to learn more about you. They don't want to land on the contact page. They want to learn more about you on the about page. And, you know, the services section should lead to each of those individual services that you have. I find people always have way fewer CTAs than they think they need, but think of it from a consumer's perspective, right? We want to go back to making it as easy as possible. So if you're reading something, especially on a mobile phone and you've been scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and you're super into this person's website, right? And you're just like reading all the things that you can read about them. And then you get to the bottom and you're like, all right, I'm in, you know, I want to work with this person. I can't wait but you can't find a contact button and there's no button leading you anywhere that you would like to be going. And it's so annoying to have to scroll all the way back up to the top of the homepage. Yes, I'm being dramatic. You're probably not going to lose this client, you know, if they're really excited to work with you, but just make it easy on your clients. Make it as easy as possible to work with you. So just make sure on all of your pages that you really have CTAs that are adding value and make sense for in terms of where you're leading and just make it as easy as possible. All right. So last but not least, number eight for an effective homepage is testimonials. Testimonials are so important. And the reason is people are more likely to believe someone like them telling them something about you versus you telling them something about you. So when they see that, you know, Sally is also a hairdresser and, you know, worked with you for business coaching and saw more clients come in, they're going to think to themselves like, oh, that's amazing. You know, I'm also a hairdresser and I'm looking for more clients and I can't wait to work with this person versus you saying like, oh, I work with hairdressers and I can, you know, turn your clientele around. It's not that they're not going to believe you, but it's so much more effective when they're seeing that social proof from someone else that's like them. So, you know, when you're picking testimonials, try to find testimonials you know, depending on who your clients are, either in a wide range of things, if you're kind of appealing to multiple different types of businesses, or if you have a specific niche, pick testimonials that are your ideal dream 
client so that those people are coming and really resonating with those testimonials and you're getting more of those dream clients. And I think a really good way to think about why testimonials are so important is like, think about when you're in in a new city. Whenever I'm in a new city and I'm trying to find a restaurant to eat at, I always just go to Google or Yelp because the restaurant's website you know, they're going to have these gorgeous photos that were taken by like a food photographer. And they're of course going to say that everything's delicious, but I want to hear from other people, you know, who take real photos. Like what did the food actually look like when it came out and was, you know, put on your plate as an actual diner there? And like, what are people's feedback? And so I think it's so important to have these testimonials frankly, all over your site, but especially on the homepage, because again, that's the first impression that people are getting. So you really want to make sure when you're creating that positive first impression that even right on your homepage, you have these testimonials and you're really letting people know right off the bat, you know, here are all the things that you might want to know in order to get more information from me. And here are all these people I've worked with who were super, super happy with what I had to offer. So Those are my tips for an effective homepage. If you're interested in learning even more tips and tricks, I have a free download on my site that details the mind reading website framework that I use with all of my clients. And you can get that from my Instagram bio or from the link in the show notes as well. But that's really going to deep dive into all of the pages and kind of overarching strategy and copywriting and design and not just the homepage. But these are my tips for an effective homepage. So I hope this was really helpful. You know, maybe go through these tips and if you can't do them all at once, that's okay. But maybe tackle one a week so that in eight weeks you have a super, super, super effective homepage and you're really attracting and retaining those clients that you want to work with. And, you know, you're growing and scaling your business. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast with yours truly, Isabel Caitlin. If you love the show, I would appreciate it if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love hearing from all of you. Share it with a friend, family, colleague, or anyone you know who may benefit from this episode. Remember, you can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at stripedogcreative.com. All right, that's it for today. See you next time.